Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thanks for tuning in to Leaders Playbook, where you'll discover what emotional intelligence is all about and how to raise yours to be a top performer in business. Now, here's your host, Dr. Rell. Welcome to Leadership Development News Profiles and Practices of Top Performers co-hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Rowan Adler, were your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today's episode uh, and show, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, and we're going to profile an emotionally intelligent president. This show is focused on profiling an executive who is constantly working on and applying emotional intelligence in the workplace. We'll explore some of his secrets of the practice in emotional intelligence in his organization. You will hear actual emotional intelligence tools and practices that have been successful for him. How does he hire? Uh, What about downsizing? What are some of the ways he does that? How does he motivate uh, and deal with foreign owners using his emotional intelligence? And I want to introduce um, Kathy Greenberg. This is a continuation of the Leaders Playbook show, and really happy to have Kathy a part of this show we interviewed her uh, early in the fall, and um, really uh, excited about this partnership. She brings a wealth of expertise around happiness and, and some of her books, What Happy Women Need, Know and What Happy Companies Know, have been bestsellers. So, Kathy, welcome here, and then you can kind of bring us to the next part of the show. Thank you, Riley. It's a delight to be here and to be a part of your team on Leadership Development News. And what we want to do is bring the best in current leadership topics, interviews, and proven leaders that provide evidence-based best practices to help our listeners develop better leaders and to help them build their own leadership character traits inside their organization. So I think we're going to have great fun. We know leaders are really the heartbeat of any organization. And most leaders really do underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And when they do that, they will often undermine their own performance and the, um, the performance of their team. So what we'd like to do is help all of our listeners do a few things uh, just a little bit differently that can drastically improve their performance and their organization's ability to achieve goals. So what we're going to talk about during these shows are how to develop more leaders in any organization, what happy companies know about performance, um, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, which is going to be the focus of our show today, brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, generational and gender differences that we can see are creeping up on us through this new and wonderful millennial generation that's coming up quickly, issues revolving around work-life balance and practices that can help make all of us better performers, strategies for managing your boss, that's my favorite, self-management tools to be your best, plus many more tips and tools from both your book, Rally, and books that we know will help others. So I'm really excited to be a part of this, and I hope our listeners are going to gain some insight. Well, thanks, Kathy. And uh, let me introduce our, our guest uh, today is Myron Jones, and he's president of NMB Technologies. Uh, for over 50 years, NMB Technologies Corporation has been a global leader in the OEM manufacturing of precision mechanical and electrical components. So <clears throat> NMB um, today is the world's largest manufacturer of miniature ball bearings, and then a volume leader in design and manufacturing of keyboards, computer keyboards, cooling fans, audio speakers, precision motors, and mechanical assemblies. Um, NMB is an organization that provides exceptional quality, leading-edge technology, and comprehensive services critical to the success in the personal computing, networking, and telecommunications field. And, and Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the uh, leadership development in general, and then we'll kind of bring on Myron and talk more about um, how what is exactly he does to be a star in emotional intelligence. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that uh, you know, really, that many of our listeners may not know is that you can increase performance by as much as 77% while increasing your life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50%, even with one coaching session. 
You can increase profit by creating coaching networks inside your company in just one day. And studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. Leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their teams. And emotions are really contagious, and leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. So if they're having a bad day, you can imagine their teams are also going to feel that. The key to being a star performer, someone performing in the top 10%, is emotional intelligence. And I'm delighted that we have Myron on today to talk about that as someone who's experienced that himself. As a leader moves up the corporate ladder, 85% of their competencies for success are in the emotional intelligence domain when compared to regular IQ and technical expertise. And that's a real differentiator for success. Leaders in the top 10% produced twice as much revenue in organizations where they focused on emotional intelligence versus managers in the 11th through 89th percentiles. So that's a huge difference. So the bottom line here is micro-initiatives can really create macro-impacts. So for more information on leadership and coaching for your organization, you can contact Dr. Relly Nadler at www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Or you can contact me, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, at www.h2cleadership.com for our happiness books, tools, speaking, keynotes, leadership, and coaching services, as well as our new blog at www.kathygreenberg.com. Thank you, Kathy. And I wanted to say a couple words about emotional intelligence in general, and then we'll bring on Myron. Um, in a lot of the conversations around emotional intelligence, we talked about the uh, personal side of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, and then the social side, which is social awareness and relationship management. And when some of the research by Dr. Boyatis, who we had on an earlier show, um, looked at these clusters and how much contribution did they add to the bottom line when we looked at a, um, a study of a, of a financial company, strengths and self-awareness added 77% uh, to incremental profit. Strengths in relationship management added 110% to incremental profit. And then strength in self-management added 390% to incremental profit. When I first saw this, I mean, all these numbers, 78%, 110%, but then the 390% of self-management, emotional self-control, conscientiousness, adaptability, initiative, you know, are key drivers. So that whole idea of that personal mastery. And we'll get um, Myron to talk about how he brings that about in his organization. So let me Introduce him again. Myron is the president of NMB Technologies. For over 50 years, NMB Technologies has been a global leader in OEM manufacturing of precision mechanical and electrical components. They're the largest manufacturer of miniature ball bearings. Um, they also manufacture keyboards, cooling fans, audio precision motors, mechanical assemblies. Myron has been with NMB for 25 years. He's been president for the last 10 years. He has approximately 200 employees in the U.S., and then NMB has 45,000 uh, employees worldwide. I had the opportunity to talk to some of the people that uh, Myron works with. He's going to be a little embarrassed here. Uh, but to ask him, you know, well, how would you describe uh, Myron as a leader? And one of the people said <clears throat> about Myron that, that he is the Warren Buffett of the emotional bank account. He has billions in equity with people. So, Myron, I know you appreciate that one. <laughs> yeah, I have difficulty hearing that. So the Warren Thank Buffett you. of the emotional bank account, <laughs> he has the, the ability to connect with virtually everyone, as one of his employees said. People love his style. He gets more out of people because they feel valued. So, uh, Myron, we're going to hear from you, and I know even this, you know, you're very humble, and I'm sure this is a little embarrassing, but I wanted to kind of at least let the listeners know, you know, just how well valued you are at NMB Technology. Oh, thank you. Thanks, really. Myron, okay. is that the first time you've heard that? I have not heard that statement before. That That is, um, I think, a little, well, <laughs> greatly exaggerated. Well, I, I'm not sure if that's the case, but let me ask you, it seems like, uh, like you and, and Relly uh, have had a relationship, um, at least uh, of a professional nature, for a while. And um, I'd like to know, for our listeners, if you could give us just a little bit about your background um, and how you came up the corporate ladder 
and um, just a little bit about yourself personally. Okay, well, thanks Thanks for asking. Well, I started uh, after uh, college in uh, aerospace. I worked in uh, at uh, McDonnell Douglas, which is now Boeing, and uh, Pratt Whitney, United Technologies, so uh, <laughs> airframe and engine uh, guys. And uh, I left aerospace to join electronics and NMB. Uh, during that time, I went back to school to get a master's degree in marketing. I recognized I was not such a good engineer, and that was a, really one of my better moves yeah. in my profession. And so, uh, yeah, and I just uh, through NNB, I started out in field sales and just uh, you know moved through the organization. I, I was a really loyal employee, and through product management and sales management and and officer jobs until I became president of the company. So it's been a real fun ride. That's great, Myron. And, and uh, you and I have known each other for about 10 years. Um, and let me just ask you, uh, when you think about your position you know, there as president of the organization, what, what is it that, that excites you the most about that position? What is it that kind of gets you excited about getting up in the morning and getting to work? Well, you know, it's, a Sunday night's not a bad night. I do look forward to going to work the next morning, and I'm really grateful for that. I, I, there's three things, I think, that, uh, that primarily excite me. Number one is certainly the achieving success in business. I love to, you know, love to make the numbers for a parent company. Okay. And uh, the second thing is uh, I, I like uh, the, the relationship side, the people side, inside the company and with our customers. It's really important to me. The third is the cultural influence. Um, I'd love to be able to influence the culture and make people feel like it's a great place to work mm-hmm. and uh, where they can really aspire and achieve. Um, that really means a lot to me. Maybe Mine? a little bit later I'll tell a story about that. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, can you just expand on this cultural influence uh, component? Uh, it seems like it's a very strong one for you. Oh, it's huge. It is so huge. And- um and then, Myron, let me just interject because I know yeah. we, we're going to have to go to break, so maybe that's a break a, coming. That we'll come right back uh, to that. And we're talking with Myron Jones and kind of breaking down what is it is um, to really practice emotional intelligence. And this is Leadership Development News with Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler, and we'll be right back. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. 
homeowners, real estate investors, bankers. bankers. Listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcasts live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Hi, this is Leadership Development News. With Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Brian Nadler, we're talking with uh, Myron Jones, president of NMP Technology, and we just, before the break, were talking about the culture, and Myron, you were going to tell us a story about kind of the culture and, and how important that is. Yes. Um, I don't think uh, a leader can ever put too much time into the culture because it pays back so much. Uh, I'll just tell you a quick story that um, I think back in the 90s, we had uh, developed a pretty good culture at the company. Um, on a on a Monday morning at 4:21 a.m., a Northridge earthquake uh, struck. If you anybody in Southern California can remember that, it was pretty violent. Um, I lived about 30 miles away, and it caused uh, well over a couple hundred thousand dollars damage in my house. Well, mm. we um, the NMB it was about oh about five miles from the epicenter of that Northridge earthquake, and it it really did tremendous damage to our to our structure. We have three buildings on the site, and one of them was uh, yellow tagged. Well, what was really neat was that um, that morning and, and every morning that week, um, um, I was at the company trying to decide how we were going to start a business again. It was quite quite stressful. Uh, our building was, again, yellow tagged. We, we did not have a place to go. Our employees were showing up asking what they could do to help. Now, this is not something that you just clock in and, and uh, expect somebody to do is beyond the, uh, the ordinary. And uh, we had employees actually sneaking in the building, grabbing their PCs. Uh, we had a big Apple project that was due uh, the next week. So we had a few employees actually snuck in. They weren't supposed to and took their computers, went back to homes and started to finish their projects. We, by the end of the week, had found another place about 20 miles away and, uh, the employees, again, were, were present, ready to help, wanted to help to have the company uh, resume its business. And uh, that Friday night and Saturday and Sunday, that same week, um, we uh, found some moving vans and had, I think it was three of those 40-foot moving vans uh, at the building, and we were allowed to go in and take all that we had that we uh, we needed in order to do our business. And uh, the next Monday morning at 8 o'clock, a week after the, uh, the earthquake struck, we had moved uh, inventory, moved all our business tools, and started anew um, at this building uh, in Moore Park. And uh, it was really exciting to see the employees, with, uh, without, without receiving extra pay, uh, pitching in and making this move happen. Um, it was really incredible, and I think uh, one of the legacies of our company of how employees think about the company, and it's that culture it's really paid off. Well, you know, Myron, I, I know because I heard this story, you know, from you and from others, and they still do talk about that. But there were, I know there were a couple of practices that you did that for other president CEOs, um, you know, trying to this apply DI. What, what was it that you did on a daily basis to keep people informed? Oh, yeah, during that time we had uh, a little email system we had set up just kind of a to, to let uh, customers and let employees know what was going on and where we're at in the progress of, of starting our business up again. So we were big on communicating to make sure everybody was aware of what was going on. And, you know, we during that week, too, uh, and during the move, you know, we, were, we ate a lot of pizza, uh-huh. you know, and... and uh, and uh, matter of fact, I, was, I, I made a vow that I wasn't going to shave until we uh, we were back up and had our AS400 working again and we're shipping again. And uh, that was kind of a fun little ceremony that uh, some of the employees shaved me that uh, following week. That was kind of cool. Too, and so. they did that in front of everybody else. Yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> and then employees. I remember you said that you gave an, a driving award to uh, one of your people. I think <laughs> I think it was Brian for exceptional Brian. driving. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we were all kind of learning new jobs, and uh, we had a forklift at the new facility trying to move uh, inventory, and Brian center punched a uh, water main, and it caused quite a nice <laughs> little shower inside the warehouse of our new building, and uh, yeah, the next week we had a little get-together, and I, I had an old uh, Porsche steering wheel that uh, I had for years in my garage, and I presented that as a driving award to Brian. So it was a lot of fun. For breaking he the still water. gets ragged about it. But I think I think that's just a great example. It's a great story about you know you kind of the culture and the ability to go above and beyond, but also really have fun and and to make uh, coming to work a fun place. Yeah, yeah. Myron, one of the things you said uh, in talking a little bit about your background was loyalty was uh, a key part of how you came up in a company. It seems like you've been able to transfer that loyalty factor to quite a large group of individuals. How did how did you do that? Well, that's a tough one, too, with our company, because I think it's one of the challenging sides of electronics, that you have some lean times and some good times, and we've tried uh, as best we can, you know, to stay loyal to the employees, but... Uh, but uh, there have been occasions where we've had to uh, reduce our workforce, and it's been a very, very difficult, difficult uh, moment in time for me, probably one of the most challenging parts of my job. Um, what we do is we try to be fair about those situations and be great communicators um, and give lots of runway when those times are going to come in the company so that uh, the employees uh, never feel like they're, uh, they're oh, uh, bushwhacked or that you know, we throw this uh, hand grenade over into the workplace without them knowing. So I, I think being good communicators and uh, continuing to uh, let them know what's going on so there's no surprises in the company is real important. I think it breeds loyalty as a result. Really, they really understand what's going on. In our, in our last uh, episode, we were talking to an individual who was talking about the importance of personal mastery, and it would appear to me that you're connecting some dots here for our listeners around how to gain loyalty through good communication skills. But what did you need to know about yourself before you were able to develop that, if you will, personal mastery on good communication and then developing loyalty? Well, you know, I, I from from good people like, like Dr. Tedler, I've... I've kind of learned a lot about my weak spots, and I have plenty of them, believe me. Uh, so I think that emotional intelligence to me, uh, when I started reading about it in, in uh, Goldman's books, uh, it really just resonated with me that I really needed to understand myself better and understand where my um, my shortcomings uh, are as a as a person and a leader, so that I have to watch for those those times when that weakness might reveal itself. Um, People, people watch. Uh, you say you can never underestimate the uh, the impact of a leader in the organization. That's true for me and all my senior leadership team. So, the better we understand ourselves and watch watch those moments of weakness, and uh, you know, one one mistake can undo all the goodness you've done in a year. So, it's very very important to always be at your best. You know, uh, one of the things, um, Kathy, around the, the loyalty piece that I've seen Myron and, and, and his other leaders in the organization. Do is really a good job of praising, acknowledging people. You know, and I know Myron. For you, um, it, it's hard for you to walk past someone without you know talking to them, connecting with them in some way. And I, and I think from the loyalty aspect that you know they really feel <clears throat> valued. Um, you know, and just you know who they are, you know their family. Um, you know, I think when we look at some of the research on praise and acknowledgement in the uh, American work world. 65% of Americans, we know this from Gallup, have received no praise, no recognition in a year. So 65% of American workers receive no praise, no recognition in a year. And I know for you it's a practice almost on a daily level to give people praise and recognition. Well, it's really important to me. You know, um, we just are coming uh, off the uh, the Christmas uh, holidays. Um it's important to me to, especially the people out in the field, that they know we care for them. Um, we have 34 people in the field, so I, I uh, called each one of them and uh, just talked to them and wished them, you know, happy holidays and such, and just checking up and see how they're doing, their families are doing. And so, 34 calls can can take up a lot of time, but it was uh, it was uh, so well worth it. Uh, I do really love the people in the field. Uh, you know, I think. NMB is kind of a, a caring culture, and I don't think there's any greater thing you can do and make one feel 
better about themselves than, than giving um, giving service. So, besides in the company, uh, we do a lot of things out into the community. Um, each year, we have a, a Christmas dinner at a, a retirement home in Chatsworth, and uh, it's just a wonderful event. Last we just had this a couple weeks ago. We had about twenty five employees there, huh. and 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 uh, spouses and children. So that was really neat. We've been to nursing homes, to the Veterans Administration Hospital. We've been involved with Feed the Homeless. We have a, an annual silent auction um, that that are through donations from uh, from uh, employees that we uh, we uh, have just an internal auction. The money that we we gather from those silent auctions, we give to local schools. So we we uh, help mm. have uh, we've helped. Uh, some of the PC labs and uh, helped uh, one uh, elementary school build a library. Wow. Uh, this stuff is just wonderful. And uh-huh. like to, uh, I've been to you know ball games with some employees, watched their kids. Uh, been to the hospital a number of times for a, you know an employee or a or a loved one that's been in the hospital. We, we just care about those things. I think it really, uh, I think the people really respond to that. Well, I know uh, when I saw you recently, you were. You had an unfortunate death of, of an employee, and, and you oh, were yeah. one of the speakers to, to speak about that employee. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was Jenny. She was our export manager, and she'd been with us 25 years. A wonderful lady, and um, it, we basically shut down the company, and um, most employees uh, came to the funeral, and it was uh, quite touching. Uh, wow. We, that's how we feel about our people, you know. And yeah, Jenny was a wonderful lady. Myron, you, you talked a little bit about um, some of the things you've had to do over the years that have been difficult. Um, you certainly talked with, with great affection, you know, about uh, the, the program that you did to recover the, the building after the earthquake. Uh, I think we're about to go to a break, but I think on the way back to the break, from the break, if you could talk about some of the things you've had to do over the years that have been really difficult where your emotional intelligence has paid off around things like layoffs, um, that would be outstanding for our listeners. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, we're listening to uh, Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back after a break. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speak. All leaders rise. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, and you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. I got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Welcome back to Leadership Development News with Dr. Kathy Greenberg, myself, and Dr. Relly Nadler. And today our guest from NBM is Myron Jones. He's been their president and CEO for some time, and he's been talking to us about what it's like to be an emotionally intelligent leader. Myron, let's go back to some of the things you were just talking about. Uh, we have such a heartfelt visual of you as a person here on the radio, um, here in our virtual world, as a, a very um, loving, um, loyal, uh, attentive, good communicator. And um, I know that being a leader has a, a tough side to it as well, making decisions about who to hire, uh, perhaps when times are not as good as they would you know, necessarily be, how you deal with layoffs. Let's talk a little bit about making those hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, regarding layoffs, I mean, I think any company probably over time has those those business periods where there needs to be some corrections in the organization. And unfortunately, we've had that too. Electronics has, has been uh, very challenging on some occasions, and we're part of a parent company in Japan that expects us to be very um, very lean. So when when the time is necessary to make a reduction in force, it's already a difficult situation. I think the employees are sensing it. So if we allow the employees to fill in white space, um, it just gets it's even worse. So what we do is we really try to communicate uh, what what the conditions are in the company that require. We always say that we try to uh, find things before we find people. You know, before we have to go to the to the workforce. So we give lots of runway. We we uh, explain the boundaries to the employees. Um, when that uh, that day comes, um, we are very much orchestrated so that um, uh, there's a basically a minute by minute script that we have used in the past, so that it's uh, it's a uh, it's there's no chaos in the organization. So we um, it's a very well. Um, Manipulated, not manipulated. It's a wrong word. No plan. It's a well, it's a well established yeah. plan between uh, my management staff and the human relations people. You said something so critical. Uh, I just want to expand on a little bit. You said find things before people, and then you said no white space because keeping an organization informed about steps that are going to be taken to their benefit in the long run. You know, it doesn't help a company to shut down and have no one be employed versus to take, as you say, very carefully planned, well-thought-out steps to protect the company so that it can increase its revenues and possibly hire those people back. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a fun time, but uh, I think a a senior leadership team can really make it a much worse situation than it it could be. What we do through the day, you know, we do... um, um, and then I have with employees, you know, explain the situation for those who have been impacted. And we have hired people back in the past, too, and it's, a, it's a, a glorious moment when we can do that. We end the day, though, with an all-hands meeting, and we're big on all-hands meetings. And so I gather all the employees, uh, local and off-site, um, through uh, web conferencing and explain what happened. We don't talk about names because we want to, you know, just sensitive about that, and they'll they'll find out soon enough. But we ex- explain again what happened during the day and the reason again why we've done this, and what uh, what we're going to be doing going forward with the company. So we want to interject a feeling of hope for the people too that this is just not a uh, an annual thing, which it hasn't been. But boy, just communicating and letting the people know what's going on is uh, has been a huge huge thing for us. Mm-hmm. I- I would just think that that would also lend itself to the team building that you'd like to see going on as a result of that successful end-of-day program while you're going through this downsizing. Yeah, you know, and it's it's how you handle it, too. I mean, uh, some of the employees who were affected, uh, we didn't say goodbye to them that day. We let them stay on for a few weeks and use the office, and, and we want the employees uh, to be a very... Uh, kind and thoughtful to these people. So it's not like they are uh, excommunicated from the company. They're not at all. They, they were a part of the family. They are a part of the family. And so we, uh, we're not, there's not a hostile feeling toward those people that uh, are affected. One of, the, one of the things, Myron, that you uh, said I just want to underline is 
is that uh, principle of connecting the dots, kind of filling a white space. And we talk about that a lot, you know, uh, in leadership development and coaching, that uh, if you don't connect the dots for them, if, if you as a leader don't fill in the white space, doesn't mean that dots aren't being connected and that the white space isn't being filled in. It is, but many times incorrectly. And, and so I think there's a tendency for leaders to under-communicate. And I think um, your examples are great about continually to connect the dots, continually to fill in white space of what is accurate, positive, and constructive, you know, before they kind of fill in the white space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a good, uh, that's probably a good um, time to transition into how do you develop people. So yeah. That- you know, in the company, I think that my senior leadership team and, and all the managers in the company, they're part of this. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if they're well prepared for um, uh, in their management roles, it is much easier to uh, get through difficult times in the company. And so, maybe talk a little bit about what you know. What are the actual practices? Because you you have a you're you're organized and you're pretty uh, scheduled in how you do things. And uh, but it seems to really work. Like, what would you say are your key developing others practices that that you use as a leader of the organization and and developing your team? Okay, uh, I'll give you a couple. Um, first one, I really do believe that uh, any practice that that I have with my senior leadership team is is one of example. I ask my my senior leaders to push that through the organization as as a. Uh, Say you know, and replicate this this process. One I, one thing I really like to do is to have quarterly uh, performance reviews uh, with my people. Uh, that includes a win-win agreement. Uh, this is something boy, I've done for probably around hmm, I guess ten years now. I have a win-win agreement with each of my direct reports, and we go through um, uh, you know the, the Covey tool. Uh, uh-huh. It's just a great tool. Just you know what what do I expect of them and in, in their uh, desired results. Um, uh, what do they expect of me too? It's kind of a 360. Um, you know, what are the resources we have? What are the outcomes? So that win-win agreement is really important, just to align myself and and my senior leadership team. We talk about the major job responsibilities, and and uh, I basically ask them, you know, if if we were at the end of the year now in a performance review, how would you grade yourself from a one to a five? We sort of kind of a point system. And if they say, well, on this one, Myron, I'm about a three, then they ask the question, well, what can we do to get it to a four or five? So we we have, as a result of that, kind of a little action plan of things that can be done during the rest of the year to improve that uh, major job responsibility. There's a great example. (laughs) This happened a couple years ago. One of the managers uh, in the company, uh, he had a year-end performance review with uh, the a program manager, and uh, there was one major job responsibility on there that the program manager says, "Hey, you never told me about this." And the manager says, "Well, yeah, it's it's on your review." He says, "But you never told me about it." And they got in this big argument mm-hmm. about a major job responsibility. It was really, to me, a, a really uh, important lesson that uh, you know never never assume anything. That, mm-hmm. uh, so I want that push to the organization. We talked about bonus plans, uh, especially MBOs. As well, because those MBOs should be important to the company, and I want to see how we're progressing. Um, and the other, the final thing of a quarterly performance review is what's working and what's not working. Mm. I, I ask my senior leadership members, you know, it is an individual meeting. You know, what's what's working between you and I? What's working in the organization? What's not working? What can we do the same? What can we do better? You know, those, those type of questions, and you'll be surprised yeah. sometimes. So some other things we're doing in developing is uh, we have coaching, uh, leadership development coaching and uh, with our people. We have now about, oh, it's about 10 people in our pool who are being uh, coached uh, to uh, to be better leaders. Um, I try to give opportunities to people who are not leaders in the company to lead teams. We have some uh, some action teams for process improvement. So we like to put people in leadership roles there to to help them gain some experience. And uh, we also developed something called leadership, I mean, a decision matrix. And the decision matrix allows, it's kind of an empowerment tool, kind of sets boundaries um, where an employee can make decisions, uh, especially when it has to do with financial. You know, how much how much am I authorized to uh, airship for uh, a customer or a product that's late from China? You know, we, we try to put some parameters in there so there's no, no uh, again, white space there. Why don't we come back from our break and talk a little bit about uh, your 
relationship um, with some of these tools and techniques. And Rally, as an expert in this industry, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what those things mean as well. Line in business, Voice America business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leaders Playbook, tools for top performance. If you have a question for Dr. Nadler, feel free to email him at rnadler at truenorthleadership.com. Now, back to Dr. Rell. Uh, you're listening to Leadership Development News with Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Rowley Nadler. We're talking with Myron Jones, who's the president of NMB Technologies. And we're really profiling Myron as a, uh, a good example of the practices he uses um, to increase his emotional intelligence, but that of his organization. So we're trying to get very specific with Myron here about, you know, what are the, some of the key things that he does do? And um, why don't we first get into where you're at around hiring? And I think one of the things we said during the break um, to get people who are good at emotional intelligence, one uh, head start on that is hiring people who are emotionally intelligent. So maybe you can walk us through what's your process about hiring uh, good people. Okay. Well, um, this one of our one of our employees had, had coined this, and I really love it because uh, I think it really does uh, help us find good employees who would fit well. That's we look for the three bones. Um, Backbone, funny bone, and wishbone. And you can gather what all each of those mean. You know, a backbone meaning having courage to, uh, you know, to do something that's right versus what may be uncomfortable or maybe, you know, uh, not very popular. Uh, funny bone. I, I just love to have people who are, have a sense of humor. Um, we uh, we try to do that in and be even in tense times. You know, we we do some real funny things and maybe kind of stupid, but. It's uh, it really you know I think cuts through the tense uh, tense environment sometimes. And the wishbone is have a dream, you know, have a dream, and that's where I think uh, visions start with a dream. So what we look for is is people who are very emotional um, emotionally mature. Um, I'm big on the behavioral side that you ask questions, open-ended questions, you know, about tell me a time when you and you give them a chance to talk, and they'll really reveal themselves. So 
and then, for me, it's not so much the skill side, Kathy, uh, really. It's it's a cultural fit. We can teach skills. Is is a person closely fit with the company, and are they really emotionally mature? And, uh, and they're not going to be those type of employees. You say, "Oh my gosh, why'd I hire them?" You know, they're horrible. Uh-huh. We don't want that. Do do, um, do you use some kind of a a tool um, through the interview process at uh, NMB Technologies to to try to find those individuals? Well, um, we don't have any formalized tools. What we do is uh, we typically like to have a group of people who um, who would interview. So collectively, we think we're smart enough to be able to spot, you know, a, a fit or a non-fit. So yeah, no no formalized tools other than uh, the collective brain power of uh, of the people who would uh, be, uh, you know, uh, involved with the management of the employee. And I think, you know, I know some of your people have kind of the formalized questions, and I think so. you do have kind of a series of questions that you, you probably... Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's not a random interview. Uh, we we do have uh, a set of questions that we uh, we ask. And we, we had some training in the past on, on how to, you know, how to go through the hiring process. And so there, I guess in a way that is, is a little bit more formalized mm-hmm. um, uh, because we used a, a book, and I, I forget the people who would... Uh, who trained us on that? It was a number of years ago. Well, you've you've worked uh, a little bit with this company. Mm-hmm. Um, given what Gary Hamill is now writing about uh, in popular journals on leadership and development, he says it's so important for uh, for people to be doing exactly what Myron's doing at at NMB, which is to make sure that the employees have an opportunity to meet mm-hmm. their potential, if you will, workmates mm-hmm. uh, before they come you know, to show up for the day because often it's the employees that will spot those small areas of potential conflict before they happen. Right, right. Well, I think we talked about connecting the dots, and I think what Myron does, and we'll get into a couple more of your practices, Myron, is it's an interesting balance. How much does the leader connect the dots? And now if we know about some of the brain neuroscience, are you allowing your individuals to connect the dots? If the leader is always connecting the dots for everybody, you're, you're losing some of the brain power of your people. So you, you certainly want to keep them informed, but I think really good leaders also are asking those hard questions to their people. What do you think? What's your recommendation? How would you like to see this done? And keeping people involved. And I know, um, Marion, there's a couple practices that you do. How, how, do you, uh, how did your organization start, start the mornings get around communication? Ooh, yeah. Again, I'm really big on communication. We have uh, daily stand-ups, <clears throat> and this is a practice we've been doing, oh, goodness, probably about 15 years now. And I think that of all the little tools that we've we've embedded into the company, this is probably the biggest home run. Uh, each of my staff, first of all, at 8 o'clock, uh, my senior leadership team, we meet uh, in my office and uh, do a real quick uh, stand-up meeting and just check in with each other and say, what's going on, you know, uh, uh, what uh, are there any big issues today that the company needs to address? Um, so we just know with each other what's going on in the company, and uh, then we have another four um, uh, business units that have their stand-ups at at uh, times uh, eight fifteen, eight thirty, eight forty-five, nine o'clock, um, and uh, they likewise replicate that stand-up, and they go through, and the stand-ups can be fifteen to twenty people, and they go through, and they. We talk about issues uh, before us this day, and we also use that time, too, in the stand-ups to recognize and reward. If, if somebody's done something especially good, uh, that's recognized uh, in the stand-up, and it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And, and so that's uh, every day, because I know other organizations you know, think they don't have enough time for that, but that's every, every, every team is meeting every day for those short 10 or 15 minutes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We, we try to keep it to 10, and sometimes if, if, if we start to make it too long, we'll just say, hey, let's take this thing to the parking lot and we'll catch it later. So we, we try to make them kind of, kind of quick in 10 minutes, but boy, what an investment it is into the organization to, uh, to talk to each other and to kind of align for the day uh, you know, where we're at within the company. Uh, there's not many surprises when you do that every mm-hmm. day. And then, um before we get to towards the end here, another one of your practices around team building, and I know with your senior team, um, you have really cultivated them. Maybe you can just give some examples of you know the time and investment and activities you've done with your senior team 
to to really motivate them and keep them at being strong leaders. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer in this. I we try to have an annual offsite. Um, this is uh, out in a wilderness somewhere where there's no no uh, corporate barriers. There's no uh, uh, there's no issues that uh, might uh, impede us from really being open with each other. So. We've gone river rafting, uh, we've done ropes courses, we've done mountain biking and kayaking and and, uh, and gone through kind of team challenges um, that uh, really, I think, uh, reflect the true nature of how my team works with each other. And uh, what's really neat is that uh, I have uh, about 50-50 uh, female and male uh, senior leaders uh, at the company, and they each really are unique and think differently. And uh, the way we solve problems, say, out in the wilderness uh, really does carry back to the company and, and each bring kind of their own unique um, um, solution to, to the problem. And it's just wonderful to watch that out there in the, uh, you know, on the river or wherever. There's another team building thing we did I want to mention that we took the whole company. We shut down the company for... Uh, for Friday and went Friday and Saturday up in the mountains and did a rope course. And so that was all, you know, about, at the time, it's about 160 employees. We rented a couple of buses and, uh, well, I think it was three buses. And uh, it was a wonderful event. People still talk about it and still pulling bark out of their fingernails. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so we're down to um, one minute. And... Uh, it's been amazing. I, I feel like I know you, Myron. I just cannot tell you how you reach through the airwaves and touch us all. Oh, I see with <laughs> I, I told you we would embarrass you. <laughs> well, I wanted to say one or two things before we end here. One of the other things we talked about recognition, and I, I just, you know, you spending two days calling all the salespeople is one example. And then I know another story you said that you had a key salesperson who was just on the road longer than, than you would have wished he was oh, on the yeah. road, oh, and yeah. how you sent flowers to his wife. Yeah, I, uh, he was getting ready to go on a trip to China. He just turned around from Europe. I was talking to him in his office, and he was just really hurting. I could just see it, and I felt so, so bad for him that he had to hop on another airplane. And I knew it was affecting uh, his wife, too. They're, they're fairly newly married in the last five years or so. And so when he took off to China, we uh, we uh, we sent some real nice flowers and a, and a, and a, a note to, uh, to Diane. Uh, I think just that little teeny touch, you know, mm-hmm. really expressed how we felt uh, for Jim and for Diane, and I think it, it, was a, it was a good touch. Well, I think it, it highlights, and as we're talking about bringing this to a close with, around emotional intelligence, it's in these that that, uh, that the McKinsey Group has come up with these moments of truth. You know, it's in these small moments that we've been calling these micro initiatives. So this is not something that necessarily takes hours. But it's really being self-aware, having that self-mastery, and using those moments really well. Well, so we're going to bring the show uh, to a close here. On the next show, we're going to have an expert on emotions and deception and what you can see in someone's face and uh, micro-expressions and how um, organizations like the CIA are really trying to zero in on this. So, Myron, thank you very much. Thank you. And I'll, I'll mention that I'm still learning a lot. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. And really, it's nice talking with you. Thank it's you. great having you. And this has been uh, Leadership Development News, giving you tools and profiles of top performers. Talk to you again next week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Leaders Playbook with Dr. Relly Nadler. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Rell, or if you would like to email him directly, visit his website at www.truenorthleadership.com. And be sure to join us next Monday for another episode of Leaders Playbook. We'll see you then.